Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Hip Politics, Mark Jarrell. You know what they call me, the Hip Politician. We are back. We got a lot to talk about this evening. First off, at the top of the show, we want to definitely give our condolences to everyone that was impacted by the recent tragedy in Las Vegas. Uh, our thoughts and prayers are with those people affected, and and all of us have been affected by that terrorism. Uh, tragedy has hit our shores and we're all impacted by it and and our thoughts and prayers are with them and and I'll tell you what it seems like it really feels like things are just completely out of control and tonight the discussion that we're having is, is part of this whole feeling of being out of control it's a feeling of division it's a feeling of not coming together and I'll tell you what the catalyst is, from my opinion, is 45 is the main person in the middle of all of this. Um, Not that I'm placing blame as far as what happened um, in Las Vegas, but this feeling of division, this feeling of, you know, class warfare, racial warfare, um, I got to lay it at the feet of where I feel um, it's due. And I'll tell you what, I think 45 is right in the middle of it because we, we look to our leaders to bring people together. And I have never, in my 47 years, I've never felt like we've been more divided. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but we're going to talk about this tonight. We're going to focus primarily on the athletes, the NFL athletes that are protesting. Um, And what they say they're protesting is social injustice. Other people say that they're disrespecting the flag. uh, They're disrispecting the national anthem. Um, I've, personally feel that there's some race baiting going on we'll talk about that we're going to talk about Colin Kaepernick and and what you know what his initial intention was we're going to talk about the social justice aspect of this and um the legal aspects I think a lot of people in my opinion have forgotten about this it's just a little thing for the constitution um there's a little thing called the first amendment that I think people have forgotten about as well um, and so we're going to go through that. We're going to bring Judge Joe Brown. We're going to bring America's Judge on later on to kind of go through and help us navigate that and, and really help us understand, um, you know, are, are what these guys doing disrespecting the flag? I'm going to tell you this. When we talk about disrespecting the flag, I, I looked up the flag code. So let's see how many people have done their research and done their homework. Because I, I know people, I know how we feel, but a feeling doesn't make us right. Okay. So I looked up the flag code, everybody. And, and there is a, there is a code that we have in the United States 
when it con- when it talks about the flag and different ways that we can disrespect the flag. And it's very very interesting. I'll just go through a few of these these ways that uh, the flag can be disrespected. So one way is if you lay the flag flat. Now I thought that was very very interesting because if you lay the flag flat as we've seen in numerous football games when they stretch the flag out across the field and it's laying flat. The flag code says the flag should never be carried flat. Okay. Also says we shouldn't have flag advertisements. So when you look at, you know, uh, Anheuser-Busch and how they put the flag on the side of the boxes that they use to sell beer, guess what? That's a no-no folks. Flags, flags should not be on any advertisements whatsoever. You know when, uh, when it's the 4th of July and we have all these uh, flag products, you know, the, the little holder that, that holds your hot dog and your fries, guess what? That's a no-no according to the flag code. Um, that's not me. That's the flag code, all right? So don't get, mad, don't get upset with me. So, and, and, and these are things that we have to understand because – why are we so upset at people kneeling, but we're not upset about people disrespecting the flag code, especially a multi-billion dollar corporation like Anheuser-Busch? I don't know. I don't know the answers to that, but I know you know the answers to that. And if you want to join the conversation, take down this number because I want to hear from you. I want you to call in. I want to be educated tonight. I don't want to pass judgment. I know what I think. Um but that's not really important for the context of this conversation. It's more important about what you think and what we think as Americans. But when you call in here, understand this, that hip politics is a free speech, free speech zone. You can say whatever you want, however you want to say it. And I think we've got to make sure that you are ready. Um, whatever's said, you better be ready to take it. Um, so I know our listeners, they can dish it out. But I want us to to be able to speak truth to power. This is a free speech zone. And I want us to really, really understand that and understand what that means. That means you can say anything you want, any way you want to say it. If you don't want to get on the line, guess what? You can join Chester in the chat room. So we got the chat room lit up. You can go in there and, um, you know, ask questions. And and hopefully I'll bring those on the air. But we're going to have people that are calling in that are going to be chiming in and going through these things for us to examine tonight. And uh, I'll tell you what, it should be a very, very interesting conversation, but the call-in number is 646-668-8655. So if you've got a question or if you have a comment, which I would suspect a lot of people have comments because I've seen your comments on Facebook. Uh, We've gone back and forth. We've, you know, we've gotten, you know, things have gotten heated and they continue to get heated. But the call in number again is 646-668-8655. So I definitely, definitely, definitely want to hear from you tonight. Uh, we got some people on the line right now that are going to come and, and give us some, some commentary in just a second before we get to the judge. But also, I want to throw this number out one more time. I see you guys. I see the phones lighting up. There you go. Uh, 646-668-8655. We are going to get to everybody. I want to hear from you. And this is, this is the opportunity, folks. So you have a lot to say through, through social media. 
You do. I do. You know, but this is your chance to let other people hear what you have to say. And so we want to get into this discussion because it is a discussion that we need to have. The discussion, once again, we can talk about protesting. We can talk about patriotism. But what it boils down to, everybody, it boils down to race. And it's as simple as that. And race is a discussion that we refuse to have in this country. We've refused to have it for a very, very long time. But tonight on Hip Politics, I definitely want us to have this discussion. So as we're going through this, guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to bring our callers on. We're going to hear from you. We're going to go through this. I want to know. Are the protests, how is this disrespecting the flag? I don't get it, but I want to understand it. Help me understand how it disrespects the flag, how it disrespects the military. I need you guys to tell me this. Educate me this evening. Educate your fellow Americans as we go through this thing on Hip Politics. Appreciate you guys. 646-668-8655. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Hip Politics. Mark Jarrell here. Chester Davis behind the board. Get in that chat room, everybody. I want to see some action. I tell you what, it's very, very interesting to me. Everybody has something to say via social media when it comes to these protests, what these NFL players have been doing, um, and what we've been feeling. You know, um, I'll tell you what, this thing started back in 2016. This thing started back in 2016 with my fraternity brother, Colin, Colin Kaepernick. And the interesting thing was, you know, the first time uh, Brother Colin, when he went out on the field, what he did was he sat down during the National Anthem. Um, And people thought it was disrespectful, frankly. And so what he did was, so that was was back in August. And in, in August 2016, he sat down. No one really noticed the very first time he did it. But then what happened was, he sat down a couple more times, and by the third time, that was August 26th, he sat down, and it blew things out the water. It was crazy. There was, all eyes were on Colin, August 2016. 
And and let let's quote Colin right now. So let let's get him on the record so we can make sure that we can talk through this thing. So he told everybody after that, he says, look, I'm not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. There's bodies in the street and people getting paid, paid leave and getting away with murder. So that's how, that's how brother Colin felt. You know what? And so let's go back and let's make sure that we understand what was going on during that time. You know, when he talks about bodies in the street, let's, let's just start naming them. Let's start naming all of the black bodies that were in the street where we notice that um, there was no justice. Okay, so I can go with Eric Garner, Tamir Rice, Michael Brown. Uh, you know, we can go down a long, long list. It was always something else, you know, some reason. They should have complied. They should have done this. Uh, I watched a young man in Chicago. I watched him walking down the street, not a threat to the police. They not only shot him, but when he got on the ground, they shot him like nine more times. Um, you know, I guess that was to prove a point, or that's the way it looked to me. Um, we watched Sandra Bland. All of a, She got stopped for a, um, I think it was something about her tag. All of a sudden, she goes to jail, and um, hmm, she's dead. So Brother Colin says, I'm st- I, listen. There's something wrong with this picture. Everybody is not experiencing justice, and I have to say something about it. So, again, that's what he did. He stepped up. And I'll tell you what, there's a movement going on right now, everybody. These protests have sparked a national movement. And the players are saying, look, we're not, we're not against the flag or the military, but for some reason, a lot of people are bringing that on. Oh, they're against the flag. They're against the military. The other interesting fact about this is that the movement is primarily being led by millennials. So it, it's, it's very, very interesting. Um, the support is divided, by, is divided along racial lines. Um, and black people have actually started blacking out the NFL. So Very, very interesting fact right here, guys. So the NFL ratings are down. We all know it. But you know what they told us, why the ratings are down? And and you guys have heard this narrative. The ratings are down because people do not want to see uh, NFL players protesting. So the interesting thing that I've come up with is, okay, uh, that makes sense. If if people don't want to see us protest, the NFL players protesting, okay. Well, who has control over the television uh, cameras and what's shown? Who has control over that? It's a question I'm just asking. So the viewer doesn't have any control over that, or to, to a degree the viewer does, has control over that. All they have to do is not show the national anthem, and that's problem solved. But you know what they haven't factored in? There is a movement across among black people and across others, progressives in this country, that have listened, we're blacking out the NFL. We are not watching. We are not partaking in fantasy football. We are not doing any of those things. That's what this movement has said. We're not doing any of that, and we're blacking it out. When you look at the majority of people that go to NFL games, they are not people of color. They are not. 
people of color primarily are watching the games on TV. And so with the ratings down, I would say the majority of people that are watching on TV, if they're people of color, hmm, that might be a reason why the ratings are down if they're blacking out the NFL. But none of the talking heads, none of the critics have given any credence that people are supporting Colin Kaepernick. And I am a person who's actually blacking them out along with other people that I know. And I'll tell you what, even if you don't agree with what Mark Jarrell just said, I get it. I understand that. But has anybody heard of this thing? And, and I'll go back to this. Anybody heard of this thing called the First Amendment? Anybody, anybody heard of that thing? Where it says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Yeah, that, that's just a little thing uh, called the First Amendment, part of what uh, this little thing called the Constitution. So I don't know. I, I don't know how we skip over that. I'm not a legal expert, but I do have a legal expert on the line. We've got America's judge. We've got Judge Joe Brown on the line, and, and, and maybe he can help us. Judge Joe Brown, welcome back to Hip Politics. How are you tonight, sir? How are you? The judge is in the house. Judge is in the house. And you know what? And I need the judge because I'll tell you what, you know, obviously I read the First Amendment completely wrong. Obviously, I don't know how to interpret this piece of our uh, Constitution, and I'm hoping you can help our, our listeners do that. In what respect? In what respect? In the respect where it comes to our NFL players protesting uh, and standing up for social justice and say, and, and doing it in a peaceable manner, but being accused of being against the military, against the flag, and not standing up for the national. You mind if I make a comment? So damn what? I, I would love would love for well, you to make a comment. Be, you set up. You take it away. You see, in my generation, we just didn't stand up. It wasn't the players. You could look up in the stand, and nobody was standing for the anthem. We just sat down, turned our backs on it, because at that point, the country was not for black people. It's like, okay, stranger in a strange land. We don't belong here. We've got nowhere else to go. No point sitting here indicating our support for this mess. You see, you got white people that did the same thing because they were anti-war. What was the purpose of being in Vietnam? There was none. So right now, you've got an interesting situation. If people don't tune into the NFL because they don't want to see the players demonstrate in sympathy with Kaepernick, that's good. Kaepernick did something. If they don't want to tune in the NFL stuff because they empathize, sympathize, or agree with Kaepernick, He's done something there. It's just a result. The point is, is that something needs to be done to cause some harm to somebody for not taking in the context that some changes need to be made. A lot of people know what the we shall overcome thing sounds like. Uh, uh, but they don't listen to anything past the first stanza. 
So when they get down in some belabored long affair at some meeting and want to sing second and third, you got to read it in the program. Well, the third stanza to the national anthem is pretty foul anyway, and it doesn't say much good about us, and they need to change that thing. It's interesting that they put it to the music they put it to, which is an old English drinking song, and the point of the drinking song was since nobody could carry the damn tune, when everybody gets half drunk, it would sound hilarious when everybody is missing notes. But some bozos put the national anthem to a let's get drunk and show how drunk we are song, and that's about the size of it. So anti-cop, anti-military, anti-anything, it's your right to protest. I mean, people may take consequence against you, but if, you know, you don't lose anything by making the protest or taking the stand, you haven't made much sacrifice doing it. So if these guys are risking their positions, that's fine. It's an interesting thing that's developing with Trump. He's come out against it, so we've got people joining in the festivities to be anti-Trump. That's a good thing, too, because the more the merrier, and it conditions the public to once again uh, become radicalized. We haven't had that in a good 45, 50 years. It's necessary and appropriate to today's circumstances because there are some problems that need to be addressed. We don't have fair, full, and rewarding employment. The educational system has gone straight to hell from top to bottom. Access to unlimited education has become restricted and too expensive. Uh, There's been too much of a class system that has developed in terms of the distribution of the wealth. Forty-five, fifty years ago, the CEO for General Motors didn't make but four and a half times more than what the highest paid man on the line made. Now it's several thousand times more or actually Less, But, I mean, it's these things that have happened. It started under the Reagan administration, and it's gotten a lot worse. So it is what it is, and we need to become radicalized and start making some demands and holding the people that we elect to represent us accountable. There's a saying, by the way, on that, that in America, you get the representation we deserve. you deserve. And right now, we don't deserve good representation because we haven't earned it. And those of us who may have at one time, we've let our guard down and things have slipped. So you have a bunch of idiots on both sides of the aisle, Democrat and Republican. You had a detestable scoundrel running for the Democratic Party presidency. And you had one that was a more obvious scoundrel running for the GOP. So here we are. Maybe Trump is good for everything because he causes all of the nasty stuff to come out in plain view. It's always been there. It's just good that it can be seen again. People have gotten, oh, everything is okay, but it's not. So what are we going to do about the pressing question in front of everybody that they don't know is in front of them? And that is simply, what are we going to do about industrial technology and computerization obsoleting so many people in this country? with nothing on the horizon to cure the problem. So anyway, I'll shut up on well, that judge, for a minute. So, so, so Judge, you, you, you raised some good points and, and some great points, as a matter of fact. But here, here's the thing. When, when, when Colin Kaepernick first decided to sit down, he, he, he was sitting down because he said, listen, we've got to do something about the way the police interact with 
black and brown communities. And and he was, you know, there were there were a few people that stood with him, but now, now that it's become uh, basically a national movement, you even have NBA players saying, you know, uh, um, chiming in on this thing. The whole country is talking about. I haven't seen this kind of discussion around race in my forty-seven years on this planet. Why do you think it's oh, that? Oh, I have a lot. Look, this is mine. Give it to you me. You haven't been around for 47 years. You <laughs> should have been back in the 60s a little early when it would really discourse. You know, this is lightweight right. now. So See, so you, you feel like this is lightweight? Around, yeah. Well, those of us who've been around, it ain't changed. It's just got more subtle, but it's still there. You can see right. it if you know what you're looking at. It's like right. you see these movies where the scout is looking down and, oh, there were 15 men. They came by. One of them's on a lame horse. They went by here three or four hours. Everybody else goes, oh, duh, what do you see? Well, if you know the signs, you can see it and read it. We can see who's been through it, what there is and what's going on, or at least some of us who are not deluded can. But, son, trust me, it is it, this isn't heated. This is, it's like to somebody like me, I'm disappointed. It's like, don't we have any radicalized guys around anymore? What happened to them? Everything is not all right. It's getting to be a complete disaster. It's just sneaking up on you. You've got everything from uh, this feminism that is on track trying to destroy straight manhood, particularly straight black manhood. Uh, you've got a thing where the women don't know what they want, don't know what they're supposed to be satisfied with. The men don't know what they want, how to act like a man. And you've got a crazy society. You go to a restaurant and the children run amok, white, black, brown, red, yellow, with no home training and parents embarrassed because the kids don't suddenly snap into focus as to how to behave in public when they haven't been taught at home. You know, the society tells you everything's all right, emote, emote, emote. And then when you get some jerk like this clown went off in uh, Vegas, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Well, hell, you made it. You stressed everything out. You didn't put up any relief. And you kept these people from being taught how to handle it because nobody's supposed to feel so good, you know. And nobody's supposed to be, what is it, body shamed, embarrassed, anything else. you got a lot of fat women running around who are unattractive, but you can't body shame them. you got a lot of idiots running around who need to be put on a boat someplace and taken off and sacrificed to some exploration somewhere, but there's none to do it. They can't act like men, but, you know, everybody's going, oh, what's wrong? Well, we brought it on ourselves. There are certain things that have to be done and certain things, if done, are a mess. But we don't want to deal with it. And I'm being politically incorrect by saying this. Well, so, this is what we're going to do, Judge. We're going to make sure tonight we deal with it. I want to really, really talk about why these players are catching so much backlash from the rest of the country, why Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job, where we stand on this issue of peaceful protest. Why are people seeing this as a way uh, as, uh, of disrespecting the military, disrespecting the flag? Um, we've got a lot going on, guys, and uh, we've got America's Judge, Judge Joe Brown, on the line tonight. I see all the callers in the queue. We're going to get to you in just a minute, uh, but we've got to take a quick break. Chester's telling me we've got to take a quick break. So we're going to take a quick break. 
come back with the judge, coming back to, I see Tyrone, I see Jerome, uh, a couple other people in the queue. We're going to make that happen because we want to definitely get to you and, and really dig deep into what's going on with, um, with these protests, how we feel, why are we seeing this? And uh, I'll tell you what, I know the judge has seen this. He's a tad bit older than what I am, but uh, this is something I, have, I haven't seen. Um, this kind of divide, and, and I take his word at it. I know it's lightweight, but uh, I love the discussion that's going on. I want us to understand why people are not respecting the First Amendment. I want to know why people are throwing away this thing called the Constitution. We're going to get into the chat room. If you want to join the conversation, guys, give us a call, 646-668-8655. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. Alright everybody, welcome back to Air Politics. Talking about protests and patriotism tonight. Mark Jarrell. Call me the hip politician, Chester Davis behind the board and in the chat room. So we're gonna go to the chat room. Uh, I know we got a question for the judge in the chat room. We're gonna get back to the judge in just a second. But uh, I know we got some uh uh callers on the line and we're gonna bring them on. We got uh brother Jerome and uh we got Tyrone on the line. Brothers, welcome to Hip Politics. How you guys doing? Yo, yo, Mark, what's up? Hey, man, hey, hey, the noobs, hey, noobs in the building, noobs in the building. <laughs> so look, brother, hey, brother Colin started this whole thing, okay? He started this, and and here's the setup, guys. He started. He was sitting. A Green Beret came to him, and guess what? The Green Beret said. He said, "Listen." I know you're not trying to be disrespectful, but it's seeming disrespectful to people in the military. Can you please kneel? He decided to kneel. That's what other people are doing now, and they've got a problem with it. Somebody tell me why. Somebody tell you. Somebody tell me why. Go ahead, Why do yeah, this is why this is why 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 do we have an issue with brother kneeling? I mean, what is this? I mean, what is this about? Where are we where is this coming from? How do you feel how do you feel about the protests that are taking place right now? Well, you know, you know, we, there's there's no magic bullet to this response, man, and um to what's going on because a lot of it is is historical. A lot of it is is you know the whole um, mentality do as I say not as I do, um, and, and but you know just to try to keep it real simple, is it's a sad state of affairs where we are today as as a country as a society because I'm I'm a desert storm veteran I I, I put my my life on the line you know to, uh, 
I can't even say depending what at the time because you know, um, but but I made it through that that time period of my life and um and to a to, to a degree I, I know what that sense of patriotism is about. But but patriotism isn't just relegated to just the military, you know, to those who really truly believe in what this country is supposed to you know stand for and represent. Now look at it from a historical standpoint, um, you know when we think about the history, you know. And, and, and for uh, many of us, you know, this, when this when this country first came together, you know, we were just considered property. So we got indoctrinated, in other words, into what the Constitution and all these things um, represent and supposed to mean for us. But throughout, you know, just, you know, the history, you know, you have over you know, this course of time, you know, it's, it's a constant fight, you know, coming out of, you know, the, the Civil War through the Jim Crow era to the Civil Rights, even to now, and to what um, um, Judge Joe Brown mentioned earlier, you know, I'm quite sure, you know, he's seen a lot of things during this time, but, you know, a lot of things are still present, but just hidden in, in, in such a fashion um, that, you know, it kind of pains me and irks me when people say, well, that wasn't my people. Well, I didn't do that. That was happening you know, a while back. Just get over it. Um, but like, wait a minute, you know, how can you say that? It's like, it's like, you know, looking at someone who has something traumatic happen, at, you know, in their lives to their parents or their grandparents, and to say get over it when that's something generational that just went down the line that just never been corrected or atoned for or or it hadn't been discussed so that 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 lineage can get things out or things made correct. Um, I know it so like Tyrone, let me let me ask you something real quick. When when as a as a veteran of Desert Storm, do you when when you see NFL players protesting, do, in your mind is that does that show disrespect to the flag? No, no, not at all. Uh, and that's my personal opinion because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, for someone to for for. And I'm just—I can't just speak for you know looking at just the NFL players. Anyone who expressed themselves in that time, good or bad, I died. You know, I put my life on the line to defend that right to do that. You know, That's someone right. who want to you know protest, you know, and I might not agree with it. You know, I, I put my life on the line so that not only they have the ability to do that, but my my family will have the ability to protest as well. But where the issue, where the challenge and issues come in is is when it's not held to the same standard, you know, um, that, that you know, you have, you know, professional black men in particular that is is chastised for, for disrespecting something that the very nature of what that flag stands for is free, you know, the freedom to do those such things. But it kind of goes to the underlying, to, in my opinion, that current of how dare you have the right speak out, you know, step back and be appreciative, you know, of this, you know, what you have versus versus there's, you know, there's more out there to ascertain and to obtain, especially when it comes to equality. Right, right. Uh, so so I, I think those are good points. And, and this is coming from somebody who served in the military. And I, I know that we have very, very diverse views. It's that, you know, the military is not a monolithic group. Everybody doesn't think the same. Everybody has different um, uh, political persuasions and, and different ways of, of viewing this thing. And I'm not here to disrespect anybody, okay? 
I'm not here to say that my way of thinking is the right way. But what I want to do is I want somebody to educate me tonight and help us understand where, when we are talking about disrespect, where that's coming from. And I know one thing that we've got, um, I know in the chat room, uh, Yvette has a question for the judge before I go to uh, Jerome. But her question for the judge is, says, the powers that be are missing the point of his protest, meaning Colin Kaepernick. What else can we do in addition to taking a knee and blacking out the NFL? How do we galvanize our base like Trump galvanized his base? So, Judge, this is, this is a question for you, and, and um, I'd like for you to help Yvette understand that. It's all about how much you're willing to put on the line, how much of your buddy you're willing to put out there to do what you think is the right thing to do. You know, the First Amendment guarantees you the right to do something, but you have to understand about rights. Sometimes uh, it's costly to exercise those rights. If you really need to exercise them for something worthwhile, there may be a lot of consequence for doing it. There are also some other things, too. Sometimes you may have a right, and being polite and under certain circumstances, you should not uh, exercise it because it becomes license. That happens a lot, too. So we've got uh, a thing out there that, you know, it's like you got the right to do it, do what you got to do to make your point. And sometimes, personally, a lot of times I don't give a damn who I offend. You know, if it's right, it's right, in my opinion, and I don't care whether you like it or not. Now, sometimes when I'm trying to be diplomatic and we're trying to strike a bargain here, then I might be concerned with how it affects people. But, you know, all of this stuff where everybody says something that's true and they have to issue 15 apologies because somebody got offended, you know, we have to get to the point where we can tell people to go to hell. And back in my day, we wouldn't have gotten on one knee. We just would have sat down on the bench and wouldn't have stood up. That's what we did. Now, but Judge, I'm going to tell you, Judge, I'm going to tell you one thing that a lot of people from our generation really felt like your generation was very, very, you know, you guys were the nonviolent generation. Oh, hell you know, no. You, you 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 guys with a non-violent y'all the one that told us to turn the other cheek. Oh, I didn't say that. That's not my generation. That was the one that came age in the fifties. See that civil okay. rights stuff of getting out okay. on your knees, praying until some redneck beat the hell out of you and felt guilty about it. That's crap. Nobody's going to touch me. Somebody's going to die or suffer back. That was our thing. Remember, we're the ones that burnt, blew up. You know, Panther Party, you know, Nation of Islam, when, you know, that was some serious business with Malcolm X. No, we didn't play that. That was that Martin Luther King stuff with the preachers and everything doing that, wanting you to come to their services so they get more money in the collection plate. Uh-uh. See, we, we didn't just sit in. We did other stuff. That was so are these NFL did. players, are these NFL players where I want to make sure that we're going – are these NFL players going about this the right way? Are they using their platform yeah, the right good. way? And See, I wanna... you have to, they, they're going about it excellently. See, you have to take one step at a time. By the way, it isn't just them. Even those uh, good old boys in NASCAR uh, protested down on one knee in support. You know, and you wouldn't expect the support to come from that quarter. 
you know, that go mm-hmm. fast, turn left crowd, drinking a lot of beer, you know, and Johnny Reb flags all over the place. Interestingly enough, it's an interesting conundrum in here when you get people who support that Johnny Reb flag and wind up getting upset because somebody protests the national anthem. It's kind of crazy. You know, they are supporting the cause. I think that's it involved outright treason, you know, but <laughs> it's all about perspective. And, by the way, one thing's going on this time. This has got a lot of support across the spectrum. Uh, so it's not like it's very unpopular. It's not. It's just you listen to the Fox crowd. They generate ratings by hyping the fact that people are upset. CNN is talking about well, let's listen, and, uh, you know, we don't know really who's supporting who because we rely on a media that, well, the best term to express it is fake news. They're just interested well, that, in Well, hey, Judge, to your, to your point news. now, to your point now, to, like you said, I'll tell you what we what we found out based on these surveys is that we've got about 61% of Americans that believe that, um, you know, Colin Kaepernick should not be, um, you know, he, he, he should not be at a job. And we've got about, right. should not be out of a job. They believe that he's out of a job because his protest, because he's protesting and they don't believe it's right. 61% of Americans. Across all spectrums, it's very, well, very interesting. To your point, if you think he should be working, make sure it hurts the NFL that he's not working. I mean, they put Vic well, back for being a convicted felon dealing with interstate gambling and organized crime. That was okay. You know, it was just some dogs. Some people said, I guess, which you know, I have the light dogs, right. but I mean. It was. I read the indictment. It was some serious stuff that they didn't put out there. I guess because they liked Vic. But I mean, they had organized crime figures, big time interstate gambling, and that dog stuff was just the tip of the iceberg. But they put him back to work. You know. So that's right. Why that's are right. Sitting there penalizing somebody who is a Super Bowl quarterback. Because and this is you. Because you and I both thing, know why, Judge. You and I both know yeah, why. I know. And and this I thing know. is, and I know you're asking it rhetorically. We got some callers on the line, Judge. Hold on one second for me. We got some callers on the line. I want to let them know. Tahara, we see you. Michael in Minnesota, I see you. Jerome, you know I'm coming to you, my brother. Uh, we've got some things going on in the chat room. But let me go ahead. We're going to take a break. But before we do, let me go to uh, Tahara. You've been uh, holding for quite some time. I'm sorry, I think it's Taharka. So I'm sorry, Taharka, if I pronounced it uh, the wrong way. No, but I know you right, got brother, a that's, 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 that's close enough. Um, as far as I'm concerned, fellas, and, you know, I look at the thing from a whole different uh, uh, angle. Uh, in my opinion, I just wrote an article on this the other day. Instead of taking a knee, why don't all y'all, uh, all the brothers, NFL, and the NBA, go ahead and take a walk. Now, we haven't, uh, we, we have what done you, this What do you before. mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Mark, step, out, step, out, step, step out the NFL and the NBA and create your uh, universal football league and a universal 
a basketball league, your own stadium. You got enough money to build a stadium. You can build it where you want to build it, right in your own community. And uh, because if you're the one that everybody coming out to see anyway, uh, uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, uh, create your own thing? That's what Elijah Muhammad did. And so uh, that's the only way that I could see it. Uh, you got Brother, you got a uh, you go to that. They're not going to be able to do that. There's no way we can generate the infrastructure or the amount of high finance necessary to do that. And putting it in our communities, what's going to happen? You're going to go park your car and come back and everything's gone? Well, no, we can do the same thing. We can do the same thing that we did right here in Florida. Uh, we had our own precinct uh, right over there on uh, 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 Davis Street. And uh, we got you we got small precincts all around. We could do the same thing. Are you in Miami? That's the only way I could possibly see it. I'm saying, are you in Miami? No, I'm not in Miami. I'm here in uh, Jacksonville. Right. Uh, when we go to Miami That's to the uh, uh, basketball game, we if we go to Miami to the basketball game, we're going down there to see the LeBron James show. So my point is, go ahead and take your show. Y'all no, get well, together. You have the infrastructure. We had the Harlem Globetrotters at one time and the Globemasters and so forth. But, you know, we had the Negro Baseball Leagues, but that's not the same kind of big time right now. And quite frankly, I don't think we've been radicalized enough or given a sufficient perspective to support that. See, that's part of the process of what's going on now is radicalization of the public. So they began to accept more and more and get a little more determined and bolder in what they do and what they can achieve and what they go do to achieve what they want or even determine what they want. Well, Judge, the way I look at it, Judge, if I came to your house and you didn't want me there and you mistreated me when I came there, the only logical thing for me to do is leave your house. That's right. We used and to so, have no choice about that. It was called segregation. Problem now well, so is we've got two or three generations that aren't used to that kind of thing, and I don't think they would handle it. They can't cut off the Kardashians, the Atlanta Housewives, uh, Queen Sugar, and all that other nonsense. See, so you have. I, I believe it. I believe they can. I mean, they, they got every reason they, to do it, they and they if would. they go. If it's if it's so any listen, point so in listen, time we've got in a, history, we've got a, they should we've got do it. Comment. It should be right now. So Taharka, listen, we got a comment in the chat room that uh, somebody is saying, "Listen, we we they need to strike." So I think it, it it's going along your points to a certain degree. Um, strike, you know, but but yeah. but here here's the broader context, gentlemen, is that there is no comprehensive black agenda. Right, so we're 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 fractured. We're all working our our own in in our own little silos, but there there is no real comprehensive agenda, and 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 that's one of the things I believe that we're lacking, and and I don't want to get on my 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 diatribe my soapbox on that because I want to get a lot of people in there. I I see you, Michael in Minnesota. We're gonna come to you, Jerome. You know I gotta hear from you, my brother Tyrone. Coming back to you. And, and and obviously we've got some we're getting uh, some comments on Twitter and uh, in the chat room. So we got to get to all these things. But if you just tuning in, everybody, you're listening to Hip Politics tonight. We're talking about protests and patriotism. 
We're talking about how our NFL athletes are protesting. They're taking a knee, peaceful protests, and they are being criticized. People are saying this is about the flag. People are saying it's about the military. We're saying it's about social justice. We're talking about the people that have been, the black bodies that have been gunned down. We're talking about the inequities in our society. That's what we're protesting, but nobody is listening. The ratings are down in the NFL, and I'm glad. Yes, I am. I'm one of those people that are protesting, that are blacking out the NFL. And I am glad these guys are taking a knee. It is their constitutional right. First Amendment allows them to to peaceably protest. You can take grievances to your government. We are allowed this. But it seems like anytime we talk about black people, the rules change a little bit. They get twisted a little bit. Put it in those terms. I wish it wasn't true. So if you've got a question or comment tonight, guys, call in 646-668-8655. I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with the judge. To Harker's on the line. Jerome, I'm coming to you. Michael in Minnesota. Tyrone, we're going to be right back. Let's take a quick break. You're listening to Hippolytus. Everybody, welcome back to Air Politics. That was just a quick break. We got to catch our breath because this is, uh, I tell you, people are passionate about this. We're getting some great education from, uh, you know, the judge. The judge don't play. You know, we got America's judge on the line, Judge Joe Brown, and he doesn't play. He doesn't hold back. And, and that kind of discussion that we need, everybody, we can't, you know, we're at a, we're at the precipice. We're at a point right now where we cannot you know, mince words. We're at a point where we can't hold back. We've got to call it like it is. To Harker, I think you had some some really, really great points. I understand what you're saying. But I think what it proves is that we've come together collectively to come together to, 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 to figure this out. You know, those of you that really believe that this is disrespectful to the flag, that this is disrespecting the military – Educate us. Help us to understand why. I want to educate and, and help people understand what we think. And not that black people are monolithic. We're, we're not monolithic. Because I'll tell you what, the data says that there are uh, there's a percentage of African Americans that think this it that don't approve of this, uh, the way the NFL players are protesting. We know that. Um, we know a vast majority do we know that 61 percent of americans nfl players being fired for not standing for the national anthem so while while most americans say people shouldn't be fired for standing they're not comfortable that's the reality that we have to face right now i want to bring my brother him so jay i I want you to give give your thoughts on this protest 
what's happening in the NFL, what's happening in the greater society, and, and, and tell us just what your thoughts are to tonight's show. Yeah, I appreciate the invite, Mark. Um, listen, I'm going to start off by saying that America has not dealt with her past sins. And I want you to hear me clearly. You know, we the people, when we came over here, they labeled us as, what, three-fifths human? And then you carry that for 300-plus years and 100-plus years of Jim Crow. We haven't dealt with our this sin problem that America has. Now, they're trying to cover it up by saying, you know, forget about it or cover it up with the flag. But this is a part of white guilt. You know, there's a, a, a the terminology I use because if you if, if if the white American listen to those who are oppressed, then they will probably understand. But here's the thing: they will not because they will turn a deaf ear. Now, I was sitting in a car when they shot Philando Castile. They shot me. When they choked. You know, Eric Gardner, they choked me. When they um, shot Tamir Rice, they shot me. These same faces that look like me every day when I wake up and look in the mirror. Now, I have a problem with that. And I was born in this moment in time not to, you know, just to move forward and forget our past. My mom, our mother always said, never forget where you came from. And every day I have to put on this skin. Now, here's the thing. When there's a stage that was set when Colin Kaepernick, you know, um, took the knee. And I had um, a white gentleman say, you know what, if he could have just taken a, a, a commercial or did a radio, I said, you know what, he won't have the audience that he has, you know, with, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people seeing them on national TV. It started a dialogue. Now, we have the responsibility as black people, you know, to support because it's not going to get any better. The laws are against us. We can look in our own community and see how it's stacked up against us. We can see how it's stacked up against us financially, educationally, socially. And it has not gotten any better um, since as a matter of fact, um, when we had that last roundtable um, we had with, on your show, uh, and we talking about, you know, did segregation help us or hurt us? And I said, it hurt us because, you know, now we're splintered, you know, and, and to Judge's point, you know, we have so many things that's coming at us from, like, TV shows, you know, um, music, you, you name it, just to keep us splintered, you know. But, you know, you have to know thyself. And, and, and the thing is, I'm not trying to ramble on, but we have a responsibility as a man, as a, a father, as a brother, you know, to take a stand, you know, to, yeah, to, to, to stand tall. You know, when I um, was at work, you know, on, on my lunch break, I, I got the brightest neon poster that I could write and put Can't Breathe on it. I stood in Buckhead down here in Atlanta, Georgia, on the corner of Lenox Mall, you know, and raise that sign as high as I could in the cold. It, you know, that's no, no sacrifice on my part, but I had to do something. 
And I remember all those eyes that were walking by there that drove by looking. And, and, and I would say 90% was, I'd say 94% was positive. Had people walking up to me and, you know, thanking me, you know, for, um, for being that voice. But the only backlash that I got was of white men. I have to ask myself, why? Is it because of what's that word um, uh, Dr. Joyce um, Degree said, cognitive dissonance? You know, we want to, you know, think that everything was okay, you know, you know, out of sight, out of mind, but the, the problem is still there. And mm. until America deals with her sins, it will continue to fester. And as a matter of fact, this nation, you know, um, 45 said, you know, let's make America great. Great for who? Because it's never been great for us. They stripped of, us, of our heritage, of our identity. They, they um, put boundaries around us. And, and, you know, and when we do come together, they break it up forcefully or, or um, convertly. So how do we do it? We, I think that um, as as a people, as a nation of black people, that we have to return back to our our most high God and just you know and just and just you know and move forward. Because here's the thing: we could keep on talking about this, but there will still be people of the other side who don't agree, who who would do anything in their power to keep their power. But until we come together, you know, it's only going to go from bad to worse and eventually to great. And, and Jay, uh, I, I, you know, man, I, I appreciate your, your, your wisdom and your, your feeling. I, I think everybody can feel the passion actually through the phone, you know, when you're talking and, you know, it is, it's hard for people to understand uh, you know, particularly people, the majority in this country, for them to understand the plight or what certain people may experience. Um, it's just like we as men, and I say this all the time, we as men, we really don't have a clue what women experience, whether we're talking in corporate America and just operating in the world. And I think it's very, very difficult for people to understand that you're well-founded in, in, in just, you know, very, very apropos because a lot of people don't understand what we as people of color experience. Uh, it, it's just not something that's in their purview. And there are people that that I know personally, for sure, for sure, for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, you know, have good hearts. And, and um, you know, they, they want to understand, but it, it's, 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 um, it's just something that, that does not remain on the radar. I want to go to Michael in Minnesota real quick. Cause I know he's been holding for a while. Michael, thank you for holding. Thank you for listening to politics, man. What's your comment or your question on, on the discussion? Yeah. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I, I just want to say that, you know, growing up, I, I used to have this sort of anti-white pro-black mentality, but uh, after growing up and going through things in life and especially studying history, I started to realize that that worldview was totally warped because when you look at human history, Human history has never been defined by justice, what's fair, what's right. All that's a bunch of nonsense. Human history has been, de- has been defined by the word competition. And it's been competition from the beginning, and the competition continues to this day. And it's always been might equals right. 
and everyone has been competing over land, resources, money, power. That's all that's been happening. And for, you know, for men, as men especially, we love watching sports because that competitiveness is in our DNA. We enjoy competition. We like to compete with one another. That's, that's what it means to be a man. That's how we build civilization. And so when you look at the scope of human history, you look everywhere in the world, everybody was engaging in what's called the conquest ethic, which was the pursuit of money, power, and resources. That's what everybody was doing. And all that happened, if you look at history, is that the Europeans, because they were able to develop their military technology and military tactics because of the situation they were in in Europe and forced them to, and because they lived in a continent that had limited land and limited resources, they had to then go out to find that from other places. That's all that happened. They just simply won the game. And to sit here now and talk about things like people need to sympathize with us or they need to understand our plot. No, that's a feminine way of thinking. That's a recent way of thinking. It's Thank about you. if you have, you know, if you have the power to go out and get what you want, whatever you're trying to get, okay, do it. Otherwise, if you don't have the power, now you have to ask. This is what Gandhi and Martin Luther King understood. They understood, what, you know, there's an old proverb in the Bible that says, the poor must use entreaty, but the rich speak harshly. And the way we could use that is when you have the dominant hand, you can tell people what to do. But when you have the weak hand, you have to ask. And so when you're in a position of weakness, all you can do is ask. That's why Gandhi and Martin Luther King did what they did, because they realized they didn't have the ability to actually go out and demand it physically. So they had to resort to peaceful non-resistance. And so all this talk about, oh, protests and this, it's all nonsense. What, for what? what? What's the point of the protest? To get white people to think about your, your plight, and then maybe they might come around to agreeing with you? And then what? Are they, is that going to put a dollar in your pocket? That's not going to do anything. And so if you're in this country, instead of looking at all this political BS, the mentality should be, Look at what the Jews did in Europe. The Jews were an oppressed minority in Europe. They were maligned. They were hated. They were heavily persecuted for hundreds of years there. What did they do? They made sure that they were the most educated people, the smartest people, the best at whatever they did, and they got into all the major areas of power. They got into economics. They got into banking. They got into all the different forms of government in Europe to the point where they had all the major levers of power, and they did the exact same thing here in this country. And the Asians are doing the exact same thing. But, Michael, one of the things – I I, I certainly respect where you're coming from, man. But the the, the thing is, I mean, six million Jews died in the Holocaust. I mean, we're killed. That happened. I mean, mean, we're we're, we're killed. I mean, I I think – But but what did they do after that? They came to America. They set up shop here. They got their own country established. Why? Because they still had tremendous political influence worldwide. Because they had money, and when you have money, you can buy out. You can you can buy power. So they but understood my, that but, principle. But buying, but buying that, and in, in, in so again, I respect what you're saying. But I would also say, you know, the money buying the power argument does not. And I'm gonna let the judge take this in a second. But I, I would also say, I, I, I guess in the broader context, I understand what you're saying about the Jews. But I'll tell you what. Yes, they have a country. But if you look at all the countries that they're surrounded by, security is a major, um, a, a major aspect of what they have to deal with. If you get down to the micro so level of what black people, but hold on, let me let me just say this, Mike. If you look at what black people are talking about here, 
and we're breaking it down to the micro level, we're talking about security. We're talking about security. We're talking about right, people but, being but, killed. We're also talking the, about people need to get level. money. It, yeah, but that's only. I mean, look at the numbers. We have, if you look we at have it, people with money, look at the and they're not, year, they're not inoculated the by that, here. Michael. They're not inoculated by okay, let's the look social at, structures let's look at the numbers. that are in place. Let's look at. Well, look at let's the number. If, you, if, if you're talking, if you're talking, let's take a 20 year period. Let's go from 1991 to 2011. How many okay. African Americans were killed by police officers? Of just over a thousand. Okay, that is that in the greater scheme of things. While it's unfortunate, that's not something that's a stumbling block to you making money and putting, taking care of your family and then empowering your community as a whole. Well, we've if, become uh, Michael, people. If you if you only look at it from the numbers killed, but you if if you discount the way society is set up, social structures, and if you go into you're in Minnesota, correct? What's that? Say it again. You're in Minnesota, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, great. I can guarantee you, I'm in North Carolina. We have. Taharka that's in Jacksonville, North Carolina. I guarantee you have a black section of town where you are in Minnesota. Right or wrong? Of course. Right. I can guarantee you that with a number of people there, that black hey Mark, section of town. Up. I'm sorry hey about Mark, that, guys. I hope this is better. Yeah. Okay. Is this any better? All right. Yeah, go ahead. Can guarantee you in your section of town, there are the schools are much worse than in any other section of town, right or wrong? Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, well, all the schools in our inner city area are bad, even on the white side of town, the the Hispanic side of town. You got to go outside because the cities are run terribly. That's a that's the thing. But there's also we also have a large black community that lives in the suburbs that has nice schools. They have their own, you know all black you know, private schools and charter schools that they run that are run really well. The point is okay. public schools suck. So I, 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 I think public schools altogether are just a total waste. So they're the most but I think my, my only point that I was making, Michael, is this, is that there are societal structures that are in place of that course there is. go that just go beyond what we're talking about. Okay, and I oh, respect no, that. I'm going to let the judge – let me let the judge chime okay. in here because, uh, hey, okay. hey, judge, let's, go ahead and, and, and chime in because I think you would agree with Michael if I'm not mistaken. Well, let, let's put it this way. There are some fundamental basics, and it's about power. Brother, your point about Israel is interesting, but I think their main bargaining chip today is that they are a proxy player for some of the big players. They're willing to send Mossad out to do the assassinations they do the kick-ass standing in from the Western standing in for the Western powers against forces in the Middle East. That's where they get it. Uh, they had a lot of money, but six and a half million fell to the Nazis. So it is what it is. But our power is interesting. And what's wrong right now is the black race in America has a position that is going downhill because. It's coasting off of something that happened 50 years ago, and that was the riots and insurrections in the inner city. That did more than the civil rights movement to get the things that black folk think they have now because it was vested consequence. Now, 
Right now, the most important thing that's coming out of this anthem protest is not what's happening to the NFL except indirectly. We have gotten a candidate, and that's Kaepernick. One of the things that we lack as a people right now is national leadership. We have none, none at all, and very little on the local level. But Kaepernick Kaepernick has been able to do something that generated a following that took a sufficient amount of action to actually generate some damage. Now, if he plays his card right, if he gets help in this, he can become a black leader for the next 25, 30 years and have a voice. And he's got credibility having done what he did. Now, as it comes down to sports and competition, the true facts about what the NFL does is expressed in what Hitler, not Hitler, what Caesar said 2,000 years ago. If you want to control the mob, give them bread and circuses, and they won't care what's done. And the NFL is a big part of that circus scheme. They entertain us and they feed us. We're certainly getting fat enough, and we've got God knows how many channels on satellite cable and broadcast and how many different sporting events. You walk into a a bar, a pub, anything, and they've got 25 TVs with some bullshit sport on, and it makes no difference except the distraction. You aren't getting any money. But it's a good point that we have sort of rallied around Kaepernick's cause, and that's good. He's developing himself or potentially into being a leader, which may be the most important thing to get out of this because we have none now. What we call leadership tends to be what's manufactured by CNN at all, and they tend to be some sniveling little punk something or another who's trying to placate us and express all kinds of irrelevancies about how we can be reasonable and what we want and what we intend. So it's all about power. So the only thing we can deal with basically is a negative consequence when the people in the hood decide they've had enough and they get ugly and unruly, and that causes uh, people to pay attention. But otherwise, the country doesn't care what happens to us unless we sit there and make them take notice. We can beg all we want, but that only goes so far. And we have political power, but we just give it away on the Democratic Party and the Republican Party offers no viable alternative. So what we do have, we don't pay attention to. So it's all a matter of how much are you willing right. to put on the line to get something. That's what counts here. And, and, I, and I think that's what Michael was saying, Judge, and, and, and the points are taken. Michael, you know I appreciate you, man, calling from Minnesota. I, I think your perspective is and – and I knew you would. And, and I think there are a lot of people that are listening that would. Um, we've got a lot of comments via Twitter that uh, certainly um, definitely, definitely support where Michael was coming from. I want to read a couple before we go to break. Um, somebody was saying the anger isn't because of disrespect for the flag. It's their audacity to question a method is rooted in white supremacy. Um, somebody else wrote, yes, protesting a little. 
what plan do you have to go get in caps the respect you want? So that that's really, really speaking of what Michael is saying. So, you know, Michael, you definitely have some supporters out there. Uh, says exactly, they had a plan. Black people will never prosper until you get power in all caps. Of course it is. Hell, we have, we've been begging for white love for 400 years, still are realized, but we have no power. These are from multiple people that are listening via Twitter, uh, that are listening via phone, but also responding and interacting with us via Twitter. So I think, you know, you raise great points, Judge. I think people, obviously people are agreeing with you as well. There are other people listening. I know you have comments. We're coming down to uh, close to question or comment, give us a call at 646-668-8655. We are talking about protests and patriotism, trying to figure out why is there an issue with our NFL players protesting? What about Colin Kaepernick? What about all these players that are actually protesting? We need to really, really understand this. I understand my mic is breaking up. I apologize, guys. I'm not sure what's going on with Powers to be the politician down, but I think I can't be shut down. I hope I can't be shut down. Uh, but anyway, we'll take a quick break. I'll try to fix these mic problems. We will come back and take more calls. Again, 646-668-8655. You got option one, if you want to come on the line, if you're just listening, don't press anything. But option one, if you want to come on, thank you very much. I'm doing my job. All right. J-tell, hey, full break. It's Russia, baby. I know it. <laughs> anyway, could take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, man, y'all don't know about the Big Bad Wolf. It's Hippolytics, Mark Jarrell. They call me the Hippolytician. I'm trying to do a mic check. Taharka, Jay Fulbright, tell me how I'm looking. I just got the thumbs up, I think, from Jay, man. All right, all right. I guess the uh, the mic is back in full effect. We started uh, down, except the Russians back up. So we're not going to uh, let them hold us down. But uh, tonight, <laughs> thank you, bro. Uh, tonight, with my protest and patriotism, I'll tell you, we're really digging in. And uh, my brother Jay, my brother Jerome Thompson, the ATL, bro, you really, really, man. I, you know, man, I feel your passion as you, as you, as you're talking, man, and as you're going through this issue. 
and the, and the interesting thing is, man, we, you know, we and I, we, we walked this journey together because, you know, I reached out to you. I reached out to Ty- Tyrone and, and some other folks that we know and, and told you guys that I'm really struggling with where, what I want to do and how I want to interact as far as the NFL this, uh, this year. And, you know, I really wanted to support Colin Kaepernick because I felt like he made a, a, a definitive sacrifice and is out of a job because he stood up. And it's like, and we've seen this happen in, in, in NBA, and a lot of people have forgotten it because these guys were not superstars. But if you remember back in the day, Hodges, who was on one of the championship runs with the Bulls, he actually won the three-point shooting contest um, in the All-Star game. He's a great three-point shooter. But he slipped a note to uh, Bush 41 and implored him to look at what was happening in the mood Raul Abdul uh, Raouf, who basically during the national anthem um, was Muslim, or he is a Muslim, and he basically prayed during the national anthem, and people didn't like that. And so he was actually run out of the NBA and saw the same thing happen with Colin Kaepernick. And I felt like there needed to be something. And so Jay, I'm going to come back to you and I want to come back to Tyrone before we go to these other questions as we're closing things out. But are players wrong for using this platform to highlight the issues of injustice? And and Jay, I'm going to go to you and then Tyrone, I want you to answer that. And we'll go to some other callers in just a second. Yeah, absolutely not. You see, um, 45 galvanized um, this movement. Yeah, Kaepernick, our brother, you know, started this movement. But let's not let it get lost as far as, like, why this movement was started. Maybe there were some people that were uh, sitting on the fence, but I think um, 45 pushed a lot of people over the fence you know, um, to let their voices be heard. Now, um, the point I want to make also, you know, all these people um, who are astounding patriotism. First of all, there are a lot of black Americans who, who are patriotic. It's patriotic to kneel. It's, it's patriotic to let your voice be heard. You know, um, as a matter of fact, is it unpatriotic for the NFL to accept money from the military to perform patriotism on the field. Yes, they have accepted money from the military to promote patriotism. So which one is more unpatriotic, you know, to, to hold hands, to, um, to kneel, um, to, to show the light on the injustices of, of black America? I hate to use the word black because it's a crayon, you know, but uh, on, on people of color. Now, um, I... I want. I hope that you know, um, from this that you know it will continue to, uh, uh, not only just a dialogue but action. Now, uh, as far as the NFL players themselves, you know, I, I salute them. You know, it makes me feel proud that you know um, to to see a lot of them, you know, who look like me, you know, to take a stand, not not against the military. Let me be clear. Is not against the military. Is not against you know 
the the services that the um, the sacrifices that on both sides, black and white and Latino and um, you name it, who sacrificed their lives. No, it's just to draw a light upon the injustices that we are enduring. And to uh, and and this is uh, to Mike. Mike, you know, I I heard what you said, but you have to understand something. You know, no matter if you have $20 million in your bank account or $20 in your bank account, you could be put in the same situation as any of these guys who lost their lives. And that is the point that I'm trying to make, you know, that, you know, I'm trying to draw a light to because it doesn't matter because when they look at you, they see a black man. They're threatened or whatever you want to call it. It might be prejudice. It might be ignorance. Whatever it is, you can end up losing your life. Now, what are we to do about it? Kaepernick started it. I think we should continue it, you know, um, whether it's, um, um, first of all, educating ourselves about our past. A lot of us don't know about our own past, or about the Jim Crow, or about the black law, or the, excuse me, the black code, or, 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 or black, uh, about you know, where we came from. You know, and and until we know who we are, then we're going to be blinded to the fact of who we are. But I think that this moment is not going to fade away. I think this moment is going to continue to rise. And, and like, the, uh, who's it? Who's it? Um, I, I forget her name, but we will rise up. And we are rising up. And, you know, Maya, and Maya Angelou. You're thinking of Maya Angelou, bro. So, listen, let me do this real quick. Because- I know you're extremely valuable. We keep that hold it, and they've got quite a notes in there. I want to go to Cincinnati. I want to go to Cincinnati, 513. What's your question or comment? Is this for Shamaye? That it. Hey, Shamaye, absolutely. <laughs> Hey, um, this is what I want to bring to the conversation, that, you know, we talk a lot about um, protesting and, you know, whether or not Kaepernick is, is, oh, is it okay for him to protest? Is it not okay for him to protest? And I think ultimately what this comes down to is that it's a black man protesting. If you think about it, um, slavery was not just about the color of someone's skin. Slavery was an economic machine when it was around. And they could not have slaves getting up and rising up. And that same, and although we're we're not in physical bondage anymore, that same perception and mentality is out there that black people should speak, speak low, with soft voices and they shouldn't speak at all. And how dare we let him get out here to the NFL, get his body broken up, and how dare he even attempt to have a voice out here? If he was anybody else, if he was Tim Tebow, if he was anybody else other than a black man doing what he's doing, the perception would be completely different. Michael, Absolutely. you talked a lot about um, economic power, and this is a little bit off the subject, but I think this needs to be addressed because We talk a lot about power in our communities, but we don't talk about what steps we need to take to get there. Our our plight as a people is different from the Jews, and here's why. 
The Jews had a sense of who they were. The Jews had a sense for years and years and years of understanding how to network together and pull together as a people. If a Jew had $1 over here and a Jew had $5 over here, they knew how to collectively come together and make $10 or $12 or $15. Our problem as a people is that we, we, uh, we run from our communities. As soon as it gets a little hot somewhere, we run from our communities. We don't ever reach back and say, you know what, the plight of that man who doesn't have a job, who's been sent to prison, is my plight too. And if as a community we never come together to be collective on these things, then we're always going to have a master. We're going to always have this destiny of not being able to protest and having the power. And it doesn't start out big. It starts out small. It starts out preventing homelessness in your own community. I don't have anything against millionaires and billionaires, but Jay-Z and Beyonce by now could have taken the whole Marcy and turned it into an economic machine. But they don't think on that level. We don't think as a people on that level. Therefore, how can we ever gain anything collectively when we think individually, but we can't afford to think individually because we were on the opposite end of that slavery machine? And to this day, we still have slavery-like mentality, you know? And so for Kaepernick, he has all the right in the world constitutionally as a man, as a human being to do what he's doing. But when they, but when the Constitution was written, black people were not a part of that equation, and that's the end of that's that's the whole gist of it. If I might interject something in this discussion, Kaepernick's uh, immediate objective was to sensitize the public about is it really reality in the black community. I. Mm-hmm. That's been done, but I doubt that there's going to be any change in that. Is my mic on totally, you said? You there? Hey, just like a judge. Hey, Mike. Yeah, just like a judge. Mike, Mark, your mic is hot. Thank you, bro. Go ahead, judge. I'm sorry. Well, what I was saying is that Kaepernick's immediate objective was to sensitize the public as to uh, police brutality in the inner city or police misconduct in the inner city. I think he's done that, but it's transcended itself into an exercise of power that is causing an economic consequence to a business-making enterprise that is the NFL. Realistically, Absolutely. I do not think that this is going to do anything about impacting the local politics in many areas that is necessary to do something about the immediate manifestation of police misconduct in the black community. But in short, I think I can synthesize what is wrong with us as a community, and that is we don't have a sufficient amount of demonstrated black manhood the way it counts, and we have become particularly victimized by the fallout from this feminist influence that has taken hold of the American public over the last 45 years. 
we down our manhood and we are not training our boys to be true men. And we have too many of our grown males who ought to act like men who have not done so because it is basically dangerous being a black man with that cell with M-A-N capital letters. So a lot of this would go away if we did what men would do, and that is we put ourselves in harm's way to change. Now, that's one of the things that's unspoken all through this. Our inner cities have become dysfunctional matriarchies where manhood is absent. The boys grow up to act like lesbians and boys' bodies. And we don't have that man component that we need to order our communities, give them direction, sense of purpose, and ethics. But we'll have to change that, but that's another story. But right now, I think the main thing that's coming out of this, again, is that Kaepernick is emerging to perhaps fill the leadership vacuum that our people suffer on a national level been a long time since we've had one so that's a good thing that we're costing economic consequence to the nfl whether it's because people are empathetic to the cause or they're turned off by it it doesn't make any difference it has its effect so one point is to find something that this can be translated into a game uh for in other words what can we use as an objective to get out of this consequence that's being invested? So that's the question, political, social, economic opportunity that should not be missed. Yeah, Judge, I, I, I like, I, I think your your point is well taken. Um, guys, I apologize. I know my mic has uh, been acting up this evening, and I apologize I hope it's uh, kind of fixed. We're trying to fix these technical problems. But the broader context, we're talking about pe- protests and patriotism tonight. We're talking about Colin Kaepernick. And, and basically, this conversation has actually morphed into what we can do as a black community. How do we bring – how do we real results from this? Because we've seen for 40, 50, 60 years protests. We've seen for 40, 50, 60 years we've seen demonstrations. But we've seen little results. And right now we're talking to people on uh, or about how do we get results. And I see everybody on the line, and we're going to try to get to everybody actually extending the show a little bit so we can make that happen. But I do want to go to uh, Tyrone, uh, who's in D.C., who's in a making capacity. And so, Tyrone, I, I do want to ask you, what do you think about the protest? Are we going about it? Are we going about it the right way? Um, and 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 what are your thoughts on on how we should be addressing these issues, when, particularly when we're talking about social justice? Now, first and foremost, I'd like to applaud Shamia, Shamia, Shamia. Those are excellent points, and um, as well as. Um, I'm the judge um, for his insight as well, and everyone um, that just spoke. But, um, you know, <laughs> I think it was Chris Rock that said that, you know, um, you know I'm rich, and um, and I don't think there's a white man that's out there that's willing to take my place. 
And um, and and just by starting this out and asking you a question, Mark, um, it's one of those things. I I'm, I'm, actually I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Um, there's, there's a lot of good points, you know, uh, brought up. And from playing devil's advocate, you know, when I think, if if I'm a, a fictional brother, sitting and seeing the likes of, you know, Kaepernick, NBA players, yeah, enjoy watching the sports, watching the games, but how do I relate to them outside of the skin color? They got millions of dollars, but if I'm... Live, you know, hands and mouth, you know, trying to truly, you know, carve out a living. How can I, why is, how can this become important to me? You know, those words used are like galvanized and radicalized, but how do you make this such on the individual level? Because, you know, in another question, outside of the black community, what is it that we have in common outside of our skin color? You know, they, t- they took away our history. I think Brother Jerome, you know, said something um, about, you know, getting into our history again. But but how do we get back to the basics? And and even, um, you know, the judge said, you know, talking about Kaepernick ushering, ready or not, he ushered himself onto the national level. We don't have a national spokesperson or figure or leader when it comes to um, the African-American rights. Or, 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 or advocating on behalf of us, um, but you know these are these are the not just the tough questions we have to ask and, and really look at it in its most granular form. But be be conscious enough not to to chastise and cast doubt on our on on our fellow brothers and women uh, just because they may not identify or. Or choose to stay put in a, in, a, in in their particular area because when you live in hand to mouth, a lot of things are not as important. But the question is, how do you make it important when we use the word, you know, when, um, you know, when it comes to the breaking up of our community over the course of time and history? But uh, but I think history is the key, and I mean it's not going to change overnight. Um, you know what are some solutions to that? You know I think it begins right at its most granular level. You know in our homes. You know by becoming a better father, a better mother, uh, family members, and then let it branch out to you know better neighbors, reaching one, teaching one, and then on to the community, state, regional, national level. But until that sense gets down. So Tyrone, to, can I can I push back just a little bit? Let me let me ask yeah. you this, because I think your points are valid. But if I think if we take this in the broader context, how does that help me when I have interactions with police who are scared to death? I mean, me personally, I've been jacked up by the police before because of a in right. literally, and, and I'm I'm going to give you in a literal situation, bro. Because of an expired tag, I now granted, yes, my fault. I did not go down and do my registration. I was in days, and I should have gone. I don't know if you that bre- really caused that. Sh- I'm not sure if I should be enough 
and looking down the gun over an expired tag. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just I'm just not sure. You know, I I, well, I don't know. And and so we these situations. How do we say that? You know, it's you know, me. There's such a it's it's a broader context in what we're dealing with in the way that police are interacting with young black men on the street. Yes, yes, and and that's that's happening today. And chances are it's going to happen tomorrow. But but what we're trying to get to right is is how do we come about to a solution? And I think it's, it's, it's multifold. You know, there's layers to this. First, there's, there's, you know, just off the top of my head, you know, one layer is, is a sense of value and worth. I mean, you know, have you ever been around anyone who's been in an abusive relationship and they've been abused so long they lost their, their value that's, that's of the self-worth and that they have to be retrained to understand their value and worth? So that's that's why I like okay. First, it, it has to get at that most m- micro level to show what is your worth to 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 what's immediately around you, the family, you know, from that standpoint. And then you know, it grow out from there. Now, when we're dealing with these laws and 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 the and those who feel that the 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 the, the, the enforcer of those laws, for lack of better words. See, once, once I think the, when the foundation set where people can understand their worth and value and then grow from there, the community expands. When you start getting to a community, you know, um, local municipalities to the state level, now you're getting into like you can really effectively understand why you're protesting and not just from oh someone hurt my feelings or you know my, you know you can truly engage. From from an intellectual and uh, historical, uh, from all different facets, and become more in, engaged in your community by by um, by challenging. I think um, the judge or someone brought up early, you know, uh, when it comes to engaging um, um, uh, key lawmakers or even running for office. And Mark, are you fully aware of some of the work that you've been doing in the local community? It's really getting people people to participate on that level because that's where. The laws are made up for us to participate in, but we've been held back from, a, from an ignorant or not truly understanding how powerful those tools that's existing to really help to shape our communities around us and the things that we're trying to do. So we're not necessarily just waiting on someone to hear us. We've got to make these things happen in our, in our, in our polling places, our vote voters, at the lower, I'm at, I'm at the mayor level, at our you know, school district levels, the whole nine. That's what, that, but we have to get back to that 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 bag. You know, you know. Um, I think Sanaya. I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. Shemaye. Shemaye. Yeah. So comes to like, yeah, having a map. You know, uh, she mentioned about I'm the master thing. Yeah. Now we're just complimenting you. Yeah. Um, it's come to it's come to having that master. You know, that slave mentality. That's honestly, that's generational. Because what was the purpose of that 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 slave master is become the provider for his servant that they, that they should not go anywhere that they always got to look up to them but, but now it's that same it's almost like that mentality still exists you know um you know people are walk, 
people are walking around blind, they're looking for a master. Granted, you know, so it's another issue. But, you know, but they, they're looking for a master, but when they can really master who they are, and it's getting a vicious cycle. Well, let me do this, Tyrone. I got a couple more callers, man. I I, I, re- I I hear where you're coming from, and I think it's great for us to look at it from a different perspective. Uh, we're going to go to a caller that's been holding for quite some time. That's uh, 704-299-4420. Let's see who this is. Uh, welcome to Hair Politics. Thanks for holding. Yeah, so I appreciate all the uh, can you hear me? We got you, yes. Hello? You can't hear me. Okay, we got cool, you. cool, cool. So yep. all right. So I've been listening and I appreciate all the callers <clears throat> and I think everybody's touching on a little bit of um what needs to be done. And personally I think that uh, what Colin Kaepernick has done is incredibly courageous and um, you know, I salute him in that way. I don't think that he is um, doing anything that disparages the flag or the military or anything like that. And I think that narrative has been created, a false narrative has been created through media and other outlets and other peoples that, you know, don't want to see a black man stand up and protest. And it's just that, you know, that easy for me to understand. I think um, what we see, what we are seeing right now is an opportunity, like I think the judge touched on it from a leadership standpoint. You know, a lot of people say, well, you don't need a leader. You, this group of folks, they don't have a leader. Why should you have a leader? I do think leadership is incredibly important. So I think that if it's Colin Kaepernick or any other leaders that are able to emerge out of this and see an opportunity for them to start speaking their voices and are empowered by what he's doing, then I would encourage that if they're doing it in a responsible and righteous fashion but also see something that's, that's occurring as well. So he's taking this bold measure to jeopardize millions of dollars and uh, potentially get blackballed from his, his, his sport, the NFL, and the, the career that he's probably worked all his life to attain. Right, and right. And brothers next to him are kind of joining in a little bit one at a time, and now they're starting to do it. I think it's quite patronizing that a lot of the ownership is doing the same thing, but, you know, that, that's another topic. However, I do think that we as folks that understand understand what's happening, that can see through all the narrative, I think that it comes down to what are you willing to sacrifice to get what you want mm-hmm. as black folks. Mm-hmm. So right. when I say that, I'm saying, okay, well, <clears throat> I'm a diehard NFL fan. I love it to death. I have my whole house done up, my kid, my wife. And everybody's on Sunday, we're ready to roll. But this year, I've taken a different approach to it simply because of what Colin has been going through and what he's empowered a lot of folks to do. So I've said, okay, well, you know what? I'm just going to leave that alone because I understand the economics of it. Because if we all stop watching it, then these marketing directors would be losing their mind because they can't sell these advertisements for what they've been selling them for if they don't have the viewership. And if they can't understand the demographics and it's constantly changing, then it just drives them bad. So it can be an economic power thing that we can take by the, by the horns and really do something with it. We do need to be thinking of another person mentioned, mentioned this earlier about 
I think it was maybe you, Mark, about a comprehensive agenda in, in it of itself so that we know, hey, this is just one part of a multi-tiered process to regain some of what we rightfully should have. And I don't think oftentimes enough we understand our true power and what we do. I mean, you got the, most of the league is black, but we ain't owning the league. So what what are we thinking about from a financial standpoint? I love what Ice Cube is doing the NBA. 70% of the league, 70% of the league are African-Americans. There you go. And so you look at, like like I love what Ice Cube is doing right now, he's taking, he's taking a little bit of a sample, taking a little bit of piece of the pile and seeing how he can work with this thing. And then it's going to grow. And then he can think about, okay, well, how can I do a different league? Maybe I can challenge the NBA one day. So I think we need to be thinking about the power that we harness, not just in sports. I'm talking about political power. We've getting, we got so comfortable in my mind. Okay, this is my opinion. I think we've gotten so comfortable with it's like, well, I make $100,000. I make $300,000. That ain't my problem no more. But I got to protest for I got what I need. So right. I ain't going out there right. protesting and all that stuff. I'm complacent because right. I don't need right. I don't need nothing no more. So what I got to give up something for? That's right. So I That's just think right. that um we need to think about the power that we harness from voting power to our our actual money and where we spend our money, where we live, running away from one another, running out to the suburbs, et cetera, when we can live with one another. I just think we need to consider what we're doing and how we're impacting and how we can be a positive impact on our on our on our folks and that doesn't mean that you take anything away from other folks when you're doing it no and i, I think i think your, your your comments are well taken i mean and that's that that's the thing right so there's so many different um there, there's not one agenda and i did say i did speak to that earlier and i, I would like uh, so i'm gonna bring the judge back in in just one second but i want to read something the chat room is actually blowing up right now and Taharka's in there, and, and uh, you know, Taharka said he's never met a, a black person in his life. Where are black people on earth? And so that Taharka's another um, show that we'll get into at a different point. But um, I got a, I got a good buddy of mine who makes an awesome point. Somebody we grew up together, and he says, you know, he says these protests don't have to be understood by white people because it doesn't affect us the way it does those who are making a stand. And I think that's a, a beautiful point. And, and Judge, I want to bring back in because I, I'd like for you to respond to that, that, you know, as the, the broader society is looking at these protests, you know, do they really care? I mean, do you, do you think they really care? Do we think that it could really make a change when it doesn't affect them? And, and this is a well, person who is a white person saying it. Well, look, let's get to this. Black people make up a big percentage of the NFL viewership, all right, and fan base. And we certainly do have an immediate thing right in our face, which is the way we get mistreated by certain local police departments and a lot of individual cops in departments all over the spectrum. So that's immediate. So we can become part of that, and actually we need to de-emphasize all of this distraction anyway. Go buy yourself a pistol and go to the range and learn how to shoot the thing. That's something you can do for instruction. Go buy yourself an AR. Uh, 
uh, go buy yourself an 18-inch barrel, decent 12-gauge, and learn how to use the thing. Uh, you can spend your time amusing yourself learning some constructive skill sets. Go take martial arts and do some sporting activity yourself instead of sitting on your butt on the couch watching somebody else do it and get paid for it. We can do these things. But quite frankly, one of the main points, again, is that to get an immediate objective out of it, we owe the man something. How about a little we want Kaepernick back. Somebody hire Kaepernick if you want to resolve this. He is not going away. And you see, the problem is, is we've got ourselves in an open-ended situation. You protest. Why hasn't he been hired? Why, why doesn't he have a job right now? Yeah, well, that's another thing. It's economic consequence. The NFL is a private business, and they're in the business of making money. And they will respond as their money dictates. So as we are hurting their money, they are becoming more responsive. Same thing with the NBA if it developed that way. But bottom line is, is okay, so we get their attention. What are they going to do about it? Are they going to start telling local police departments, hey, you guys are mistreating your local Negroes. What are you going to do about this? No, that's not going to do anything at all. But it does bring attention to the subject and might inspire some of us to say we'll pay a little bit more attention when it comes time to vote in who we put in these offices. And not the mayor, not the councilman, not the congressman, not the senator. It's the judges and the DA, the sheriff, and whoever controls the police department. That's where we need to be paying attention. And we don't know the judges, we don't know the DA, we don't know the offices where they can set bond, uh, let us out of jail, keep us in jail, convict us, or anything like that. We won't serve on juries. So, no, you can't get a white cop convicted for killing a black man because, you know, so many blacks in the jury pool hopped out, they didn't want to serve, and they got an excuse to get out. So... You know, it's all down the line. We don't have enough young brothers with nothing to lose who will play kamikaze on some cops. I hate to say it, but that gets attention. And then we've got our community. What do you mean, what do you mean kamikaze on some cops? In other words, shoot back. I mean, I'm not advocating it, but somebody, you know, when you uh, brother on the streets loses his cool, and he shoots back because he got mistreated. That gets somebody's attention. Hey, Bubba, you don't need to do this. That boy, remember last two weeks, he gunned down John. You know, that could have been prevented. Maybe, you know, hey, you got five children to feed. See, uh, we have to understand that we need to be radicalized. But we need to do stuff that is effective. And there are all sorts of things that can be done in there. Now, when I said Kaepernick is a leader, he got people galvanized to do something. What he was doing is sort of ancillary at this point in time. But we don't really need a spokesman. We've got enough spokesmen. We need a leader that can inspire a large number of people to do something concrete. And that's what he did, and I haven't seen that in years and years and years on a national scene. We don't have any H. Rap Browns.
Stokely Carmichael's. Uh, we don't have any Eldridge Cleavers. We don't have any Malcolm X's anymore. You know, King was telling us to be peaceful, but those were not telling us to be peaceful, and it scared the people in power. And in 1964, 5, 6, and 7, a lot of damage got done to cities, and they said, hey, this is too costly. What are we going to do to stop this? And they put some things in place, and we have been coasting every since on that. See, let me tell you the story. Early 70s. When I first started practicing law, this white chancellor sort of said, you know, Lawyer Brown, I don't like too many colored people. Don't be offended, but you was from California, and you ain't got that attitude of looking down at the ground, watching your feet crumpling your head up, you stand up and act like a man. I'm going to tell you something. The relationship between white folk and black folk is like that between people and dogs. Now, don't get offended. We got a family dog, got a pink ribbon around his neck, and he eats better than some people in the world, and he get closer to my wife's stuff than I get most of the time. And, you know, we got the family dog, and everybody loves that family dog, but, you know, you got the neighborhood dog come to do something in your yard, you try to run them off. But then they got them junkyard dogs, and ain't nothing but a fool going to climb that uh, chain link fence and get over there with that vicious animal. But that ain't the kind of thing. If you want respect, you got to be that kind of dog that even if he's behind a fence, everybody walk on the other side of the block. Or, hell, walk on the next street over. So you got to be that kind and get respect. They ain't going to like you, but they'll respect you. You got to have strength. And he said, let me ask you a question. Said, they name stuff after Indians. They name trains and places after Indians. What? Why they don't name nothing after black folks? I said, well, you're going to tell me. He said, yeah, because the Native American fought. Your people ain't never stood up and fought for yourself. Somebody chimed in. What about civil rights? He said, it ain't fight for yourself when you're down on your knees and somebody whipping you across your head till they feel guilty about it. That's getting your butt beat. He said, now, I got a Japanese car in my driveway, and I got a German car in my driveway. I was in Iwo Jima in World War II, and my brother was over there fighting them crowds, but we got both their cars sitting up in our driveways because they got respect. Y'all folks got to get respect if you want to get treated like it. Some of you do individually. Ain't nobody going to mess with Muhammad Ali. That's who was the champion at the time. But, you know, some of the rest of y'all, they, we going to mess with you. Now, that's but, Judge, let's, 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 but let's black, do this, Judge. So, Judge, but let's, let's make sure that we're coming to reality because I, I don't, you know, we can't advocate. And, and you correct me if I'm wrong because. Oh, you I'm can't advocate that you're, it because that's against the law, but you can discuss it objectively as though it sure, were an sure. academic subject. What has impacted the course of American political consensus as it touches on the African American? And, and, and that's what I want you to do yeah. is to, to to make sure that we're, we're on, on what you're saying on the impact. And, and so what I hear you saying, and again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what I hear you saying is, essence the only thing that america understands is the gun you know in in essence i worked for a washington think tank in 1972 and we were researching 
some fifty, sixty thousand pages in the congressional record about the voting. We got about we got about thirty seconds, just so you're gonna get yeah, you're gonna get the last word if you can do it in about thirty seconds. I'm gonna make it quick. We were researching okay. what was the background for the six uh, voting rights act. They had maybe five or six pages out of the 60,000 talking about the civil rights movement. The rest of it was about black folk burning up the cities in America when they rioted, and that's what drove them to do something about the Voting Rights Act. That's just historical analysis. That's not advocacy. That's putting facts out there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's 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 the that's gonna have to be the last word tonight, everybody. I appreciate you, uh, Judge Joe Brown, America's Judge, for being here tonight. I appreciate it. I gotta thank everybody else who joined in tonight. We had a lot of listeners, a lot of callers. I so apologize to the callers that that we could not get to. Um, we will definitely get to you. This is a free speech zone. And we want to hear from everybody. I thank everybody that's in the chat room. Yvette, you were in there blowing it up. Taharka, you were blowing it up. Uh, JP, Ippolito, my man. Uh, Jay Fulbright, I know you're listening, man. I, I so appreciate you. You know I love you, man. And uh, even though we got heated this week, bro, you know it's all love. <laughs> and this is a subject, obviously, that gets all of us heated. And, you know, it's complex. And the issues that we deal with are complex. There's, there's no right or wrong. It's, it's, it's how we feel. But, uh, you know, I want us to, to make sure that, that we're looking at these things objectively and we're looking at it in the, through the lens of, of trying to walk in other people's shoes. So, you know, thank you so much. Amaya, Jerome, Tyrone, you know I always appreciate you. MP, you are here as always, man. I appreciate you guys. Bet you held it down in the chat room. And, um, guys, this is what hip politics is all about. Uh, it's free speech, free speech. We say what we want to say. We tackle the difficult issues. And we tackle those issues that, uh, you know, we give people the ability to say what they want to say uh, without being judged. And so thank you so much to Harker, Michael from Minnesota, everybody, Shamaye. I'm getting texts about you. You need to have your own, obviously. So, but thanks for everybody listening. Chester, you are the man behind the board. Appreciate you keeping me straight. But this is Hippolytics, everybody. My name is Mark Jarrell. I'm called The Hippolytician. Never settle for the status quo, everybody. Keep reaching for the sky. That's what Hippolytics is all about. Until next week, peace and love. You know what they call me. Mark Jarrell. The hip politician. Mark Jarrell. Mark Jarrell. Mark Jarrell. Oh, man. Mark Jarrell. He does an amazing job. Mark Jarrell knows the issues. A unique perspective. Great, intriguing topic. Hip politics. Hip politics. Hip politics. It's different because it provides a unique perspective on all issues. And I just love listening to him. All right, everybody. Welcome back to hip politics. What's going on, Mark Jarrell? <laughs> Mark Jarrell. Mark Jarrell. Mark Jarrell. The hip politician.